0: Welcome back, guys, to the Enablers podcast. Hey, guys, how's it going?
1: Guys, I have a little story. So today, <laughs> today, when I was um, at Ruiz's for a quick dessert session, um, I was sitting down as comfortable as I can, which means sitting down in a very awkward position um, mm-hmm. on this dinner table. And my feet suddenly started kicking at the bottom of the table. And I realized it was like a hard wood. Instead of the bottom of the table, there's like another layer of wood that I kept <sighs> kicking. And I was like, what is this wood? And I looked under it. And I was like, that looks like an extension of the table. And so so I thought, Riz, did you know that this table can extend? And it's like, no, no, it can't. I was like, yes, it can <laughs> so then after um how many how many months you've stayed at that place
2: so i've been at this place for a good one month i say one year and three months now
1: so over
2: 15 months
1: (laughs) and none of you or your housemates known about this extent to be fair
2: it was part of the design. I mean, uh-huh. all tables have some kind of um, middle line, middle gap in the whole table, right? Yeah, of course, of <laughs> course they do. Yeah,
1: because people flip their table just like that.
2: But yeah, so I guess we've just been unconsciously just ignoring this fact of the design of the table. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so for today's episode, uh, we wanted to bring in an article by Mr. Steve Glavesky. So this Ooh. is, of course, um, a medium article, and the <laughs> title is "The Five Levels of Remote Work." Uh, th- I think it's it's topical in the sense that I think globally everyone's just more uh, working more remotely just for the fact of COVID nineteen and everyone had to adapt and be forced into digitization of their whole um, work regime and also companies. And just wanted to bring in this article because it brought in a new perspective of how um, the author and he, who he interviewed thought of remote working and the different levels of remote working that can be applied for a certain company or team. Mm-hmm. I think just to give you guys a very quick overview of it, and we'll go through all the levels, he divided into five levels, with level one being the fact that a company does not have any deliberate action for implementing remote working. So think of it as if the company assumes that everyone's still working in office, Mm -hmm. and um, from time to time, you may be going... You may be going off to meet clients. Hence, you will be working from your mobile phone or you may have a sick day or you're not feeling so well so you're re- working for your home. Hence, you have some sporadic situations where you may need to be working remotely. Um, whereas level two, level three, level four is sequentially a higher level of adaptation of um, remote working or what they call in the article distributed working where level two are things where you do not necessarily want to be working remotely but because you're forced into working remotely you bring all these practices of being in a physical office just into the digital world Mm -hmm. whereas level three becomes where you are more embracing um, the remote tools and level four where you become more synergized with the remote tools Um, and level five where you reach what they call nirvana where um, distributed working becomes such a huge culture in your whole company where it creates productivity levels which have not been seen in a physical office but we'll get into the details one by one i wanted to start off with the question my let's start off with you how was remote working for you when you first started
0: well When I first started, it was interesting because I operate on a personally very small laptop. I think it's smaller than 13 inches. Mm -hmm. And before my monitors arrived, I was working for the full week with a very tiny laptop. And the way it worked in my firm is that we use our personal laptops to connect into the network that serves the firm. So all you need is internet connection and you're fine you access the network of the firm and Mm. you don't need a powerful laptop for that so my laptop was it's kind of like a tablet laptop which is quite tiny and basic but it it worked and it served me well for the seven months that i did work from home Mm. how i felt when i did was actually wasn't too bad to be honest because i think the way that it worked because we were very used to having communication on the phone when it comes to people on different floors as well as people people from different regions. Yeah. Now it just means extending that into the people that you even work with, your team, your manager, and okay. being able to just get on a Zoom call um just as and when it's required. So Mm. Especially when my monitor arrived, I felt like I was able to emulate my work environment at home and effectively communicate with my team as and when it's required. But mm. obviously, sometimes it could feel a bit, you know, lonely, and you miss the yeah. the work chatter that happens on the side. That aspect mm. of work, the social side, the the relationship building, was something that I realized when I went into the office at some point was missing and you know you can't substitute that when you're at home
2: i think what you just described there are the descriptions of what the author says as um, level two and also level three remote working level two remote working in the sense that you are now practicing what you have practiced in a physical office back when you were in jp morgan in just a digital space in the sense that oh if you need to jump into a meeting instead of jumping into a meeting room you're now jumping into a zoom call for example so it's just implementing what you had mm-hmm. had before in a physical setting in the digital setting but your company had then moved on to level 3 where then they supplied tools which they thought would be necessary or really helpful to
1: uh, yeah. supplement your yeah. work
2: for remote working right as in providing you the laptops yeah. providing you with the monitors providing you with the tools to make sure that you're able to work yeah. productively in a remote yeah. setting uh which exactly. is a great um that JP was doing that It's interesting for you to explain about the social aspect, it being like a disadvantage or challenge for you. I think I face the same thing, and the article just mentioned that that's one of the cons for uh, distributed or remote working, the fact that you can't really socialize with people you're working with. I I don't know about you, Kyren, but we we tried doing stuff like on Friday, um, like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, we have like a coffee, tea, chat session for Mm -hmm. one hour was very awkward because I mean my team wasn't big it was like six seven eight people but what happens is in the end it's usually the manager and the extroverted people who oh just <laughs> dominate the whole chat and everyone's yeah. just like, quiet <laughs> <Awkward>. <laughs> yeah it feels a bit forced I mean we, it was good intentions but it feels a bit forced yeah
0: I think zoom meetings as such zoom socials are a nightmare for introverts <laughs>
1: I I I have to agree. I think with friends, Zooms are fine. Even then, it's still a little bit awkward because you cannot simultaneously talk. You have to really wait for the other person to finish, and then you talk. But then put this in a work setting where normally you have to you feed off the vibe of the person based on their actions and the body language. And now you have mm. to figure out, like, can I can I say this joke like <laughs> Like I don't know.
0: You know what would be interesting for Zoom? Zoom, if you're listening, you should kind of incorporate this into your algorithm, find a way to determine who is the next most likely person to respond to a statement because <laughs> that will guide my eyes to look at different people as and when, you know, like, because you don't know who to focus on, right? I know I know. there's a speech thing, there's a speaker function, but at the same time, like, at least... If I'm speaking and I know someone is likely to respond, even if he's mm. not actively pressing it, mm-hmm. you should kind of notify me that hey, this guy's trying to say something. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'll go rambling on, and <laughs> you, you know how I ramble; I never oh, stop. Yeah, we do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but 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 I wanted to just um dive in a bit more like this level two stuff. So w- describing like about level two, where it's just moving all your off your physical office practices into a remote office setting it's stuff like oh your boss coming in and be like hey kairin um have you done that yet and it's about like having people ping you like hey um i wanted this over have you guys done that yet there's all this kind of notifications or in terms of distractions of a physical office where since everyone's in the proximity of each other Mm. you have that easy access to information or easy access to discussion. Do you guys face that issue when you guys were working remotely as well, where your WhatsApp was going off crazy, or if you guys started using like Microsoft Teams or Slack, where it just becomes a distraction for you?
1: I think for me, uh, so because I work in lab, research lab in academia, uh, to be honest, even before this whole uh, COVID situation where you're forced to do remote working, Everyone Mm -hmm. works at different hours based on their project, meaning people in the lab at different times. So you can Mm -hmm. never really synchronize your time in the sense where you need an answer there and then from somebody. Um, So you always anticipate that. So whenever you need information or data whatsoever, you curate an email and then um, you can also let the other person know in person. Mm, But then you you still have to... uh, do it but at your own time so it never really became an issue unless it's like we know an analysis month where we have to write this paper then that that requires more um, quick exchange between physically
2: so you're so you're saying in a lab setting or in your university you don't have any kind of like big meetings or Um, group ups with like your team members
1: we do we do we have every Monday morning we have a a lab meeting so somebody Mm -hmm. will present their own project and then we would criticize or share or experience or help out with any issues of that particular project but in in normal day-to-day settings like we don't specifically work we may work on a similar project, but our experiment is going to be different based on the samples that we're going to get because we rely on patient samples and they come at different times. Right. So nobody works at the same time um, on something specific. Oh,
2: okay. That That's interesting. Um, I think that's very close to what I had experienced where we had more group meetings because we had every morning daily stand-ups. So those daily stand-ups were more of like um, so what do you guys did yesterday? What are you aiming to do today? And if there's any blockers, blockers as if um, in, a, in a small team of like 10 people, because we we rely on each other of an output. Mm. Um, if there's something that they need from other people, um, then that morning stand up of like 15, 20 minutes will be the place where people connect with one another. Not to discuss there and then, but more of like, I need your help on this. Let's discuss later on. I see. Um, so that's that's how we handle even before Uh, we had that in the office. But once we became remote, it just became a 15-20 minute call in the morning that we had. Was that something that you had to face, Magad? Because I imagine a bigger corporate setting. I'm making assumptions here, but you guys have like bigger meetings that you need to handle in Zoom. How how did you guys handle that?
0: I think overall with my firm, we managed to actually recreate a work setting at home and assume business as usual, even no matter where you're from. And it was something that was kind of available on a small scale for people who needed the flexibility before to be able to operate on the same level, right? To be able to right. be present in big meetings and present as a, as and when you're at home, or even if you're from a different location. So it's just something that was then rolled out to everyone. So even when we had meetings after meetings to to roll out the budget for the next two three years we were having discussions every day with small groups big groups presentations numbers discussing with people all over the world all from the comforts of our home so to the extent that um Mm. we you know i i felt like it was just easier in fact to present when you're at home because You have your Zoom on one hand, Um, you could really focus on the numbers and you don't have any distraction. Mm -hmm. You're talking to a screen and people just listening in and when they have questions they ask and you have everything at hand to answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: It, It sounds that Zoom or remote working work was more advantageous for, It sounds like for the both of you in the sense that you guys could actually focus and had a more comfortable setting. Was there anything else that you guys found when you guys shifted towards remote working that you actually liked?
0: Well, one thing is definitely minimizing the commute time, to be honest. Yeah. Well, um, it used to just be 15 to 20 minutes, but it did amount to some time. Number two, you save money because you don't spend on lunch
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because
0: you most of the time cook. Mm. Number three, you get to wear something very comfortable every day. I was wearing my <laughs> shorts and t-shirt for seven Classy. months working from home. It's the same black t-shirt, blue t-shirt. I had only worn a shirt once when I was working from home. and That's because when we had a call with someone from Asia, everyone was wearing a suit. And I just had a call and I turned my camera off. I came back in a shirt. That was a little bit more mildly appropriate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hashtag
1: minimalist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so when, you, when you actually had meetings, Muget, we, you didn't have to have your videos turned on? That. Or we what, don't or what, was it fine? After. I see. It's fine for you guys to just wear comfortably, even if it's a larger corporate.
0: Yeah, because it's... Well, the firm used to advocate for smart casual. Mm-hmm. So to some extent they were trying to enforce a little bit of a less regimented environment but um i think as people get more comfortable working from home you see people wearing t-shirts you see people being very chilled out and i personally didn't feel the need to dress to impress because of why why should i i'm not meeting any client i'm mostly working my team even when i had a big presentation i felt like that's not the point anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the point is to deliver good and sound quality work. And I focus more on that as opposed to having to iron my shirts in the morning before work.
1: I think for me, it's, it's a bit weird because before this, I, the only time I would go to work or in the office when I have experiments or when I'm expecting example, I tried to save one day or like half a day where i would just go to the library and just focus on a full-on analysis and all the admin work mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. i do with my computer. um i don't mind the commute because i cycle to work and i do enjoy that 15 minutes or 20 minutes of cardio in the morning um sometimes i still do complain but i think it's always best in the end anyway <laughs> um So in that sense, it didn't feel quite different. But I think during when the start of the whole lockdown, where our lab is essentially shut as well, and it's like full on COVID um, research that are happening, um, I was struggling to find motivation to kind of work, because I do enjoy having to know that I have friends around that I could just find and get like some idea Mm -hmm. to go. Um, So I don't have that when I'm like doing my writing or my reading or critiquing a a paper whatsoever. So that, that was the drawback for me.
2: Was there anything regarding shifting towards remote working that you
1: liked? Um, like my gut said, I think wearing comfortable clothes, like I don't have to wear my hijab. Um, I could just do, wear any comfy clothes. I can even work in my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to sit all day long. So I'm like a person who can't sit still. <laughs> um, in essence, I think that's like my, my, uh, my biggest, uh, thing that I enjoy and also cooking. I like to cook. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> so I think. Yes, you get to cook for yourself when you working from home, but in the work environment that I had, sometimes you're so busy and you get to 12 o'clock and you need lunch, you have nothing in the fridge, you've not cooked your rice, you don't feel <laughs> like eating pasta, you're like, what do I do? And I lived quite far out from any nearby Pret or nearby fast food sandwich chain. The only thing I had in front of me was a kebab shop, which would have been a disaster if I were to have it as in when <laughs> I feel hungry for lunch and had nothing in the pantry. So, um, yeah, it sometimes it's a mad scramble to fix something and the kitchen is absolute chaos after cooking because you're mm-hmm. just dashing straight to work after lunch.
1: Or that time when you accidentally burnt your rice because you were, in, um, you were doing a meeting or at work. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But I think I concur with what, what what both you said.
2: Just be able to, the comfort of your home, to be able to work how you want to. And I think the most, the biggest thing that I liked about remote working was the fact that you were cutting the fat in terms of your whole work regime. Um, the commute, which is in a way unnecessary for my work uh, because we are able to work from our computers. And because of that, you had more time just working on your own like side projects or hobbies or just learning, right? So you you gave, more, you gave yourself more time on doing what you wanted. And if you are into a healthy lifestyle, you being able to control what you eat based on groceries, also time mm-hmm. um, to look into the actual ingredients that you're using for your um, food, right? I think that's great. But th- that's, that's part of what the article is saying for level three, where you're trying to adapt to the whole medium of remote working, where remotability here just means that you're able to produce um, your work at any time. And you trying to cut off the fat and, and the, the points that he mentioned um, specifically, and he, he took the example of meetings, he said that if people were to work remotely, th- these are the points that you would have, um, that he, w- he would suggest for you guys to have. So things like only hold a meeting when it's absolutely necessary. Uh, when things can be done on like a phone call or email instant message you shouldn't have to have a meeting for that Uh, meetings can should also just be say within 15 minutes cut off all the small talk and rambling that usually will be done in like a office setting because you're trying to like socialize with people have a specific agenda only invite people who really is required for decision making for example it's really this to cut off all the fat that was once um, inherent in like Uh, physical office meetings where sometimes you're inviting people who are not necessary but because it's supposed to be a team meeting you invite the whole team and you're wasting sort of everyone's time right Um, Um, that's when they're saying that adapt towards remote working by cutting off the fat and because of the tools that it helps it allows other people to just um, work on really what matters and uh, where they can contribute their whole Uh, creativity and value
0: add. So I think to add to your point uh, on the cutting the fat. One thing I really enjoyed about remote working was when I was in JP, I had a colleague that I worked quite closely with and we are on the same team. So whatever I know, she knows. And we work on that kind of level where either one of us will be able to operate and function if someone were to be hit by the bus god forbid Mm.
2: um
0: so we are on zoom pretty much almost all day almost passively because we want to kind of be able to answer each other's questions and we're always like oh where did we when did we do this and where did we save this file like how did we do this again remind me this remind me that it's kind of Mm. like but as and when we have a question we just that involves asking someone else instead of kind of like drafting an email, if it's just like going to take five minutes, we just ping the person, you know, we're on the Zoom call, join if possible, please now, because we have a question. It's really good yeah. five minutes. And then, you know, we continue on chatting, but if the person joins, then we can ask the person the question, mm-hmm. chit chat for a bit, and then, okay, bye. And I think that was a really effective way of uh, working from home. And in, in fact, it was more effective because now you don't, when we were working in the office before, we'd physically be resolving a problem together, but then the act of incorporating the person into the discussion was not as seamless as it was when we had Zoom. Yeah. Because you'd be hovering between the phone and then that person will be very small on the screen because we used a kind of like a normal Cisco phone with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a very tiny monitor. So I found that in some ways, having discussions with people were more effective in that setup, because I had my Zoom on my laptop, so everyone was quite obviously big on the screen. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's very different. You can see that uh, you working in a big, uh, well, maybe your team is smaller, but having people from different floors, it's easier for you to be on Zoom meetings. Whereas for me in my office, everyone, our office is very very compact, let's just say that, as in I could just breathe and the person next to me can smell. <laughs> It's very, it's very, we're very close to each other, but it's, I enjoy it when somebody decided to critique a paper or, you know, when somebody talks about like something new in science, that all of us can just jump in the discussion.
2: I see. And it's just
1: build upon, build upon. And then you look at your screen and then you look at the paper and you look at the data there and then. But then now it's just like, it's a big hassle to like, oh, email or whatever. Like, we just, pull them all together and in the end like you don't pay attention as much as what we would have done in the office so that's that's my downside that's the thing that I miss the most at the moment
2: I see so moving to a distributed way of working is a bit difficult for you to have that creative collaboration with one another right oh that's a very interesting point I never thought of that because when when we had uh, in my team, move towards remote working, but very similar to gut, it was very easy for me to like just, oh, I need this guy for like design stuff. So I'll just send him a quick message here or yeah. I need to get decision making from mm. uh, the manager's side. Mm. So you just bring mm. people together. So when it comes to like really getting tasks done, um, it was very effective. But that's a very interesting point regarding like creating new things or mm. just sort of playing around new ideas. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go to the next point about um, level four. And I think this is the point which I wanted to um, highlight in the whole article because it's suggesting something which, it's suggesting concepts which I don't think are foreign to us, but he is saying that in a distributed working format, you can try and reach a level of what they call asynchronous communication, which would sort of double, even triple your productivity of the team. It's basically saying that I'll get to it when it suits me. So a person is allowed to complete a task when it best suits their circumstance. Because one example is that a person might be a morning person and he ends up sending everyone messages and emails at 7 a.m. in the morning because he needs to get all those tasks done, whereas another person does not wake up early in the morning and prefers to work at night. So he or she may be a night owl, for example, right? (laughs) And those things are, um, I think, scientifically backed that people are genetically predisposed uh, upon birth, that some people just work better in the morning, whereas some people work better at night, right? Mm -hmm. And this asynchronous communication level of working allows them to be in that mode and to be in their best shape for them to make a decision, for them to complete a task.
1: Can I just say um, I am all for this asynchronous communication? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the only <laughs> but can I also say that I'm happy to be the recipient of someone sending me stuff to do at my own time, but I don't like the fact that I have to wait for a person to respond to my <laughs> my <laughs> request at their own time. <laughs>
2: But I, I mean, this asynchronous communication from, way, from the way they describe it. For example, if you're asking for someone to complete a task and you're relying on them, right? Yeah. So let's say you need them to make a decision on a certain experiment result that you've made. Uh, how they describe it is that you need to provide in your email the full context of this is what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the situation that we need to address. And then you say, can you please give me your views on this by this date so you you set a certain Mm -hmm. deadline towards a task for example but also Mm -hmm. say that if you cannot make a decision based on this context give them an alternative route of their task as Mm -hmm. in contact me at this number or please message me asap if you can't make a decision on that but at least you create like uh, a a task for them within a certain constraint because you yourself will be relying on that uh, person's uh, task completion, right? So it is asynchronous communication, but mm-hmm. it's not to say that is without any kind of accountability or right. ownership. It is assuming that everyone takes full ownership, takes full responsibility of making sure they all move towards a certain goal, but allow them to work at where where they are in their flow. So an example is like if a designer is working on a certain website or creating a certain piece of art, there is this mode where they call, there there is this thing, I can't find it now, but it's about getting in the flow where a person will get into a mode of focus where their productivity levels, their creativity levels are just elevated. They are just in the zone. They are able to work on their um, tasks tremendously well. But the thing is, when they are in the zone, they are locked in that's when if you're in an office setting where your boss comes in, you're like, hey, let's go out for lunch or hey, I need this, for example, you you break that person's focus. You break that person's momentum for working. Whereas in an asynchronous mode of working, you allow them to finish their task while they're in their flow and they might be able to get a six-hour job done in, say, two hours, for example, because they're in that flow. Hence, allowing people to be as Efficient and as creative as you possibly can within
0: that within that period of time. For you Avatar fans out there, it's like you know you can't disrupt the Avatar when it's in its Avatar state. Otherwise, you risk breaking the chain.
1: Or like <laughs> if you're a Harry Potter fan, you cannot disrupt someone who's doing the Expelliarmus because then it's not going to work.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but what 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 do you guys think? I mean this article is writing it from an idealistic point of view I
1: like it. I mean, to be honest, I feel like in in the lab research setting like we're we're we change from one to two to three to four every single week
2: <laughs> but why why does that happen do you
1: think no it's because because we're not our 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 job scenario is not just sitting down and doing work. We go to the lab every now and then. So we never yeah. really get in the zone unless we want to get in the zone. If we want to get in the zone, we don't go to the office, right? So we work from home that day, or we take we go to the library. Mm-hmm. But when we have lab work, chances are we already know we're not gonna get a we're not gonna get a lot of admin paperwork deep in the zone work done. It's more like laborious stuff done,
2: but. I guess, but the fact that you are now able to work remotely, or at least have the option option to work yeah. remotely, you have that chance yeah. of setting yourself, setting your environment so that you're able to get in the flow.
1: Definitely. I'm definitely enjoying The way it now. you can. Yeah, I agree. Without having to like request for working from home. We right. are told to go home if we don't have an experiments. Hmm. So we can only stay in the office. If we have gaps in experiments during the day. If we don't have any experiments running, we're not allowed to stay in the office.
2: What are your thoughts on that? Miguel?
0: I think it works for us. Generally, when we send an email to someone, when we ask for a certain task, we do specify the context when we need it, how we need it. And if you can't, please let us know as and when so that we can have some remediation mm-hmm. actions, etc. But what we do as well is follow up on these individuals because you tend to have so much work and different people have different priorities and you sometimes get involved with the prioritization Mm. as well as making sure that the person sees the email, right? Because you can send it to the person, but the person may not actually notify it. So I think asynchronous work may be flawed to the extent that it does not allow for you to follow up with the person. It assumes that everyone's operating on a capacity that notifies everything as in when they receive it, Mm -hmm. but they don't. Sometimes in a work where we're all swarmed with our own task, you need to make sure that they actually see it, notify it, and will actually action it. And you also need to make sure that the work that they provide is up to par, because if not, then what good is it? You ask for a certain set of data, Mm -hmm. but then what is provided doesn't give you the granularity that's required. So it's as Mm -hmm. good as nothing was provided and the meeting's tomorrow and you have nothing to show. So I think to a large extent, synchronous communication is the way at the start, but there is still some periodic communication that must happen, some check-ins with the individuals that you're working with. And I think that's fine, right? Because you can't reasonably work in an ideal environment where you can't expect to... You can't expect to reasonably work in an ideal environment where everything goes according to plan nothing goes according to plan
2: yeah i think just hearing what you just said reminds me of there is this thing i learned from the japanese um, offices or japanese companies where they call it in japanese it's called ho renso which stands for update communicate and discuss. Mm. So in any kind of task that you do, there's always that three levels of communication mm-hmm. that you always need to do in terms of, okay, I'm doing this task, you update the person, I'm doing this task right now. And then you communicate in terms of if something is completed or something's been being blocked or there's something that needs to be done. And then yep. discuss with them in terms of, okay, I've done this, is this fine? Or discuss with them in terms of I've had this blocker and um, let's let's try and remediate together in terms of how do we move forward and that. And that's always the three methods of communication that you have to always mm. um, deploy whenever you're working on a certain task so that everyone's aware, so that everyone has full accountability of um, the delivery that needs to be completed.
0: I mean, I really hate to be that person who's like, oh, where are we on this? Where are we on that? Have we started <laughs> this yet? Have we started this yet? But to be honest, I feel like it's not my fault. If if you could just notify me that you're working on it yeah. and give me the reassurance that it's done, it's fine. Because chances are, if one day before the task is actually required and haven't actually looked at it, there's no chance that you, you'll be able to get it mm-hmm. done because sometimes certain things take a bit of time to process, to, yeah. to download, to extract. So, but when we do it they're like yes I'm looking at it piss off <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> but I, I, I think that's when the author was saying about level 5 he calls it Nirvana where it's the culture where everyone understands this where everyone knows the level of ownership or accountability or responsibility they need on all their tasks they understand all the context when it's needs to be done they understand this most of communication and mm-hmm. the whole culture that Everyone understands this transcends the whole company, and it cannot be achieved in a physical setting because of the nature of immutability, where everyone can work in their flow at their own time, their own circumstance. I mean, that's an idealistic point. Of view where I think what the author is trying to say is where all companies or all teams should be moving towards.
0: Mm. So it's kind of like our podcast company now. Huh? <laughs> 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 We're all remote working, we all have our expectations, and none of us are pestering anyone on in, reg- in regards to that.
1: Nope, no we're not. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> Except for sometimes I'll be picking like...
1: <laughs> okay. Where is this?
0: Where is that? This whole time <laughs>
1: differences are, are bugging me.
2: <laughs> yeah, when we are recording this, Mugat's actually... What time is it now, Mugat? 7.30 on your side in the morning, on Saturday. 7.30. Whereas me and Kyrie, yeah,
0: it's 11.30 here.
1: 11:30 uh, PM, sure. and I I my bedtime is usually by 11 PM.
0: <laughs> You're not going to sleep until one, I think, because your mind's probably still active. <laughs> and I'm just actually,
1: you know what's funny is that I'm watching your uh your sunrise through your window, and now for some reason in my eyes I'm like, oh, it's morning now. I need to go out <laughs> and get ready. Like, no, 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 it's nighttime. I need to go to sleep. <laughs>
2: But I think that's kind of amazing, the fact that we can still be doing this podcast remotely and just working together.
1: Yeah. I, I, th- I think
2: it's all great in, in terms of the technology that's allowing us to do this. And, I mean, to also sort of fulfill the void that Mungat has left when he left the UK and not be with us oh. anymore. Oh. <laughs>
0: Now our relationship is strictly business, nothing personal. Nope,
1: never, never <laughs> personal anymore. Also, I like to plug in uh, Notion for helping us out into planning all this podcasting from day one. Notion, if you guys don't know, it's one of the best app to use to organize your life, basically.
2: So just to wrap up this episode, I wanted to ask you guys, Knowing the circumstance we're in where remote working is always going to be an option that we need to consider Mm -hmm. because of COVID-19 and also the fact that in the future some other crisis might happen, how would you create your environment, your setting, so that you can work your best in a remote fashion or in a distributed working team?
1: I think for me, I'd, I mean, if, if I were given an ideal situation, I would like to work in the office three days a week and two days remote working because uh, I'm a very social person. Ideally, I still want to have people around me while working and communicate. Um, but also, now that I'm doing a lot more remote working and I have like a setup where I have a good, well, not a decent chair, I'd say, and a monitor and my laptop and everything seems to be working really well. Um, I was telling the series the other day that I feel like once I have this all set up properly, all I do is just, I just want to work. I just get so motivated to work. Um, So now it's just a matter of drawing the line, like when I should stop working during the day, because I could just keep going. I could just keep going. So um, yeah, I think just knowing when to stop really know your boundaries. Uh, that's it for me.
0: Yeah, just to build on what Kyron said, I, I agree that at the end of the, I, I need an area cordoned off for work especially because you need your space to be defined where you work, yeah. where you eat, where you sleep. And otherwise, everything just becomes commingled and it's just a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like having an area for my office where I'll have my laptop, my monitor, my keyboard and stuff all set and I don't have to move around. Another thing as well I I need is definitely the ability to conference in using a bigger screen, be it my laptop or like a bigger surface, like an iPad. Some people I know could function on Zoom just using their mobile phones for, from the very beginning, which is an impossible task for me because everyone appears quite small Mm. on the screen and it makes communication a little bit harder. I like to see people, you know, pretty wide on the screen and I think that really then just makes working from home as efficient as it would be in the office.
2: I think for me where I don't have the luxury of perhaps the space or the location to set up a static work the way I'm looking at it is to segment my time. So creating my framework in terms of uh, knowing that I am a morning person so this is the time where I focus on this in wherever I am in that space. Mm-hmm. So maybe seven to nine, be working on my task for example, say content creation and then nine to 10, um, I'm going to be relaxing or doing some education, um, personal development stuff, and then 10 to whatever time it is, I continue on working. So my time in terms of um, maximizing my remote working effectiveness is really just based on time management mm-hmm. where I get in the flow of knowing that, okay, this is it. A- but I do this and just focus on this. So that means turning off notifications, not getting any other distractions here and there. Yeah. And then once I get into the mode of discussing, then I turn on all my notifications, looking at emails and being able to just focus on uh, one thing rather than being distracted to a lot yeah. of things. I think that that correlates um, maybe multitasking, which I think we'll be covering sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But that that's how I handle remote working um, to my...
1: so to the listeners out there now that everyone's getting used to remote working do you still prefer going back to the office or do you actually am well adapted to remote working or are you more of a hybrid hybrid person going to the office and also remote working during the week what do you guys think and let us know your reasons.
0: So if you would like to interact with us, do tweet on our Twitter handle, The Enablers Pod. And till next week, take care. Bye.
1: Bye.